What's up, guys? Welcome to the Locked On Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Positive Chuck Mockler. I'm William, the Opinion Update. We're going to talk about mostly media stuff today. Uh, there was some pre- Media day. Media day, everyone's <laughs> favorite non-basketball day. Uh, we're going to talk about media day. The Heat are apparently the front runners for Jimmy Butler now, or at least they pretend to be. And then going to cap it off with a little bit of talking about how great Ralph Lawler's last season is going to be. That's coming up right now. So there was reports that nothing really happened over the weekend with the Clippers and Jimmy Butler. Which wasn't, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise. No, not bad, but... The biggest development, I think, was that the owner of the team... uh, Yeah, is just like... Monsieur Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Taylor, if you will. Um, Said he doesn't really care what Thibodeau thinks. He's taking offers, run him by him. Dude, it's so sweet. Um, It's kind of interesting because he was actually like really instrumental in the trades for both Kevin Garnett... (laughs) And Kevin Love. Yeah. Um, I just like that. Man, I just put together the Kevin connection right now. Whoa, we got to (laughs) stop. It is pretty funny because I just picture him sitting everyone down and was like, hey, guys. Who signs your checks? That's right. Glenn F. and Taylor signs your check. He seems so furious with everyone else in his franchise right now. Yeah, I feel like it's uh I feel like it's a pretty I it's a bit it's a bold move. It's a big swing for an I feel like For both sides, I think. Yeah, generally you don't see owners <laughs> you don't see owners getting like this into like trades and this stuff. This is like the that. equivalent of two best friends fist fighting in a front yard, I feel like. Like you don't you never see a GM just so hardline say the complete opposite of what the owner's saying. Yeah. Like the just straight up like he's not available for trade. And Glenn Taylor's like, he's if you talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did they so that kind of lead there wasn't there hasn't been a lot of news from the Clippers front. Do you which, think I, I before we yeah. launch away from the Butler thing, do you think Thibodeau I think does he, he want, coach this full season? I think he wants to be fired. That's what it seems like. I think he wants to go back to being a defensive consultant like he was before he got hired for the Wolves. Well, didn't he take a year off of basketball or whatever? Yeah. Was riding a bicycle, I guess? Who knows? Um, Definitely not reading books about how the modern NBA is going to shape out. But no, I think Tibbs maybe wants to get fired. He's not going to quit because you don't get any money. I'm not saying he's only driven by money, but... If there's a giant severance package on the table, that sure helps. Yeah. If you're going to be fired. Totally. Uh, but no, there's no way that he, there's no way he lasts a full season. Right? I, yeah. I just don't see it happening, man. Where would he, and I mean, he's not going anywhere if yeah. he gets fired. No he's, one's going to hire him. Yeah. He's back to this team into an absolute corner. And himself. And, yeah. And himself. He's committed to this. He, I mean, he gave away so much for this marquee player. So much. I'm for a good player, but. I don't know, man. It's just such a... I can't believe where we're at right now. They were third in the Western Conference at one point. They would, I think <laughs> I think it gets maybe turned around if they can somehow f- like fleece this or spin this into a good trade. Yeah, so like, that kind of... we can. Le- there was a lot of Clippers talk about Butler over the weekend. Not to say anything maybe wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. But with all the news and stuff during the week, I feel like we all got worked into this fervor that like the trade was going to happen by Saturday or like something like that which I knew it wasn't but totally that's for like sure the, like, it's like the the that's what gets created yeah like the, there was a little bit of a vibe on that and Jimmy Butler saying he wanted to be traded by the end of the week but players rarely get what they want but now it's reported that the heat are really coming hard after Jimmy Butler with such tantalizing pieces involved in the trade <laughs> as Hassan Whiteside Ooh, Dion Waiters what and Tyler the man himself Johnson 
Who wants those guys? I mean... Not the Wolves. Why would the Wolves take Hassan Whiteside when they just signed Cat yeah. to a giant extension? Makes no sense. I, I, we keep hearing about the Heat in the Jimmy Butler talks. I just don't see what they have to offer. And Ten years of first-round picks? Like, I don't know what... Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be every other year because of the stipend rule. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, every other year for 20 years. You have five first-round <laughs> picks over the next 10 years. Um... Yeah, they just don't have. I I don't think that they have the pieces to make a deal happen. They also like the the Timberwolves can't take on really an, any additional salary uh, for Butler. They're already they're already over the cap. Yeah, so it'd have um, to be because they want to move Ding too. So it'd be like Butler and Ding for like just Hassan White. The only reason I think maybe he would go to the Heat, I can never really count out Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. He has. Just some weird vibe where I'm like, you could get this done. Yeah. Like, you could maybe figure some... I think if it was a free agency thing, I th- I, th- I would For take sure. these kind of talks a lot more seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, I would see that as being a possibility because, yeah, Pat Riley is, you know, he, he has this kind of aura or whatever. He's he, a salesman, he, too. Yeah, he definitely appeals to players. Uh, Gordon Hayward said that he, you know, he was ready to sign the day that he spoke to the Heat. Probably wouldn't have broken his ankle if he did. <laughs> after talking to after talking to Pat Riley, so I I could see it in a free agency thing, in a trade, uh, they just don't have the pieces. No, I'm, I'm sorry, and they're not a bad team. I mean, obviously they made the playoffs and yeah. first round exit, but that's also because I think Spo was coaching the life out of that team. Yeah, great I think coach. any other team, any other coach, they probably don't make. Yeah, if Tibbs is the coach, no way they're making the playoffs. Did it take you until LeBron was gone to realize how good of a coach Spo was, or always? I think it maybe took. It did because I didn't really follow the Heat that much, and then watching how LeBron kind of GM slash coaches his teams, it really felt like those Heat years were the only years where he was like guest coach. Not that's not a knock on LeBron at all, mm-hmm. but Spo felt like the only. I mean, he had prime Bosch, prime Wade, and prime because i guess he's still in it lebron working together yeah like in such a i think that really yeah because i definitely was like oh i'll suppose just riding the coattails of these three superstars and then they let he left and it was like oh no spells a fantastic coach i thought he was a good coach i thought it was like a mark of him in the in the heatles era how you know that first season they started out like 500 or whatever and Mm -hmm. everyone was like oh this is gonna be like a huge disappointment and i feel like um he kept everyone in it uh I mean, maybe they didn't win as many championships as they could have, but I feel like, yeah, you kind of started to see that he was like a he was a really good coach. But then, yeah, I, I would agree. Once uh, LeBron left and that era was kind of over, it, it became even more apparent. Like what a like I don't know if generational talent is For the right sure. word, but like one of those kind of transcendent coaches. I feel like Spolstra is, and it would have been so hard to bounce back from losing to that Mavs team that year too. So like that's just oh, incredible. Yeah. Anyway, we could talk all day about Spo. Um, but yeah, so the trade to the Heat, probably not going to happen. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. If Butler doesn't go to one of his top three destinations, the Clippers being number one, mm-hmm. do you think he just bails at the end of the year? Oh, um, you on know the contract, I, mean? I think it depends. I, yeah. You know, it just depends on if they're a winning team. I mean, the Raptors, I guess, are expressing a lot of interest too. Which... I'm a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, if you put those two fun guys together, um, I mean, I would see both guys as being influenced to stay. I just don't. If you have the Raptors team as currently constructed and then add Jimmy Butler, I mean, I would be hard-pressed to see how you wouldn't be a favorite to at least be in the Eastern Conference Finals, if not make it all the way, if not be a favorite to yeah. make it all the way to the finals. Definitely. Um, 
So be yeah, big. I don't know. And uh, once again, I I'm glad that we ha- we didn't make like a knee jerk trade or like a knee jerk sure. reaction because like which we would have done in the past. I think I think the Clippers in the past would have been like boom boom boom. What do you got want? him? What yeah. do you want? <laughs> um, but because the, the I guess the more and more I think about it, like I'm still very down for Butler. If he gets the contract that he wants, which would be five years for a hundred and ninety million dollars, I, I don't know if I'm down with that. I don't <laughs> think I'm good with that. That's so much money. We're paying a guy forty million dollars a year when he will be thirty-five years old. Yeah, and coming off at least one knee surgery from last year, and it believe, wasn't done all the way. And I believe he's only had like two or maybe three seasons where he's played seventy games or more. Ugh. That's not good. Him and Gallo can be in the club. Um, that's kind of all the real NBA stuff. It was media day today for the Clippers and most other NBA teams. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, Will, I got a question for you. What's that? Do you like live events? Uh, who doesn't like live events? Well, my mother-in-law, that's for one. <laughs> <Hi-oh>. <laughs> if you're looking for your next live event tickets, check out Vivid Seats. They offer great prices and an easy purchasing experience. With the podcast code locked on, all capital letters, listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. What a deal. So if you're taking that whole dang family out, including your mother-in-law, <laughs> check out Vivid Seats. You can go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code locked on all capital levers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. Unlike your mother-in-law. So now, it was media day. We're going to kind of kick around. There's no freshies today. There was just some good quotes from people at Clippers Media Day. Um, Doc was the first up. Fun media day, it seemed like. Yeah, not as many. There was a really goofy picture of J.R. Smith taken at the Cavs Media Day with a Bob Ross wig on, <laughs> painting something. Nothing like that happened, but I kind of <laughs> wish it would have. Um, Doc had some good stuff to say. He uh, he was. They were asking about the roster, and he said, "We have a thousand guards." The last time I looked, so I'm looking forward to figuring that out. Reading too much into this, who's getting traded? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously just because of sheer numbers, all those, all the, I mean, the guard is the, I, I don't really see where else we, we can cut, trim the fat, if you will. God, if we trim anything else, I think everyone would be furious. <laughs> we just cut down to Boban and like Gortat as our only centers or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's gotta get figured out. I like... Has Doc gotten more fun as he's been in Los Angeles? Dude, he's gotten way more fun and he feels so much more... Not optimistic, but it feels like we're talking to Doc Rivers, the guy, and not Doc Rivers, the coach. Yeah. You know? Like, it feels like he's ready to crack a cold one open. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he definitely seems more laid back. I think he's really excited about this year. Yeah. I think he's looking forward to kind of being a scrappy group. Um, He talked about Gallo, which stuff like this kind of always bums me out. Uh Where he said, if Gallo is healthy, you'll know why we signed him. And it's like, well, yeah, we all know that. We know if he's healthy, it'll be great. I think people forget though <laughs> that he's great. Yeah, I guess because we I never mean, see I do him sometimes. play. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's because we never see the guy play. Um, I hope he does play more. Obviously, they gave apparently this was kind of shocking. The laundry list thing about Tobias Harris. Yeah, gave him a, more stuff to work on, I guess, than any other player, and he spent more time in the gym supposedly than than anyone else. Which I like. I think that's a move. I feel like in the Lob City era, we kind of always heard these stories of like Blake's working on this, DeAndre's working on this, but it never felt like 
I feel like at any point, because Tobias, let's call him the best player on the team right now. Mm -hmm. Overall, he's probably the best player on the team. I don't think back in the Lob City days they were giving Blake or CP3 or DeAndre a laundry list of things to work on that they then also kind of followed through and worked on that hard. Yeah. I feel like this is like Tobias being really receptive to not criticism, mm -hmm. but understanding what the team needs from him as a whole, maybe. Maybe CP3 would do this himself. I guess I should say more Blake and DJ. Yeah. Well, I think he's also been a player that, you know, maybe when he came into the league, he wasn't touted as being like this, like ready, like finished product. Yeah. You know, he just had like more raw athleticism and stuff. So I, I would guess that if that's the type of player that you are and, and you want to stay in this league, you're already motivated to, to, to kind learn. of to learn and mm -hmm. grow that skill set. And then when you're given specific things from a coach or a trainer or a franchise or, or whatever, um, I Do would guess it. that that helps make your job even a little bit easier because you understand how they're hoping to work you or use you yeah. in this system. Definitely. Um, so, I yeah, I definitely don't see it as a criticism at all. Oh, yeah. So much as... Um, you know, they, they have it maybe a different plan for him or ways that they just think that they could tweak or improve his usage or efficiency. And to know that he's working on that and receptive to it, I think is, I mean, that's what I want in a player. Who's going to be... That's what I want in a player. Who's going to get a big contract extension Yeah. after this year. Yeah, they said a couple of things to work on was getting to the line more and then going left and right off the dribble. Yeah. Left and right off the dribble seems kind of vague to me because I'm like, where else are you going other than straight ahead left or right? <laughs> <laughs> but I like the getting to the line thing more. Yeah, I think we're going to see maybe Tobias posterize a few more people this year. That'd be great. More spacing, clear those lanes out, and just bang on fools, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's I I think he's already pretty great around the rim finisher, um, solid shooter. But yeah, if he's gonna if he's gonna be able to draw the foul as well, I think that that's always going to be great. Yeah, um, more feistiness. That was that seemed to be the theme of most of the media day stuff. Yeah, our team is real feisty. Yeah, a lot of talk about the defensive prowess of the team much more than i thought would actually be talked about honestly. i mean i think that yeah i think that that's like from looking at the roster and the group of guys we have the most obvious upside like you know just just names alone you're like oh wow like defensively this is a team that can close out games yeah patrick um, beverly had some great quotes about it uh through the gauntlet down he said you've got arguably the two best on-ball defenders in the nba on the same team with luke and Mute. Then he laughed and he said, then he had Milos and Gallo. We could be a defensive juggernaut. So <laughs> you get a nice roasting of two of your teammates in there. Yeah. But there really are, I mean, there's three guys, Lou Williams, Avery Bradley, Luke and Mute, who I'm, let's assume we're going to play a pretty healthy amount of minutes together. Yeah. Are going to be monsters. Yeah, totally. A lot of the talk from these guys was just wanting to be a top defensive team in the league this year. Um. Yeah, he said Clamp City could be a defensive juggernaut. Then he reiterated that Clamp City is what happens after Lob City. So if there was any confusion as about what Clamp City means, it's good defense. But it's going to be, I'm so excited. I've never been this excited, I guess, to watch a defensive basketball. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I mean, agreed. <laughs> like to see how three dudes can rotate well against each other. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. I wish uh, there was kind of a weird lack of Tobias at the media day like yeah. he was there but the amount of quotes that came out i was on twitter pretty much all day the amount of quotes that came out for him were like pretty minimal he said for our expectation it is to be in the playoffs is that he our Kawhi? Goal. god i hope not <laughs> well no because he's playing um 
So the expectation from the team seems to be make the dang playoffs. Yeah. How many games are we winning to make the playoffs? Uh, I don't think you can make the playoffs in the West with less than 45 wins. God, that like hurts my head. That's so. That's such a good season. Yeah. 45. All right, so. I, I think, think we were right about three games out. Yeah, we were at 42. So yeah, we would have been. Yeah, we were three games out probably. They all want to make the playoffs. They're saying the right things. It was good. Lou Williams had some stuff to say about the rookies. Not really that much. He just said they haven't messed up any rookie duties yet, so I'm excited about that. Um, the vibe of the whole team seems to be very behind Jerome and SGA. Yeah. They seem really kind of buying into SGA, which I guess is weird. It's weird just in that we haven't seen him play at all. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, outside from Summer League, obviously. For sure. But, the, I mean, they haven't. You know, they haven't played in a game um, mm-hmm. with these guys yet. So to see them already kind of embracing them like that and rallying behind them, I think, you know, that's that's got to be a great sign, right? Yeah, and anytime Patrick Beverly is, like, actively talking up young guys, I think you have something really special. Uh, apparently in practices, or not practices, open gyms, I don't know what they're called at this point, uh, Shea actively seeks out going against Beverly mm. in practice. And if you're going to get the keys to the franchise, you might as well go against the best defender on the team, right? Yeah. Uh, did you see any pictures of Milos from Media Day? I did not. Dude is looking skinny. Really? Yeah. Like, he looks way skinnier than last year, which I don't know if is a good thing. I mean, he's not going to be using his physicality too much. Yeah. But he just looks like a middle cut. He said he's a little more ready and knows what to expect with the game this year. Yeah, well, and last year, even coming into training camp, wasn't he having foot, like, the foot issues and stuff? So I think that that, I mean, that most likely delayed him being in, like, the game-ready shape that he would would probably want to be in. Yeah, him and Gallo both talked about how they're fully healed, they've been with the team a ton. This goes back to them not playing with their national teams and stuff, which was such a huge help. Um, They've been with the team a ton to just fully heal and get back to where they're supposed to be. I've noticed in those, like, open gym videos the Clippers have been posting, Milos isn't in a lot of them. I don't not I don't mean that in a bad way. It just seems like he's really seemingly focusing on just making sure his foot's 100% before huh. he gets back out there. I mean, that's always that's always reassuring. Um I read an interview. I actually don't remember where it was now. I think it was in the it must have been in the LA Times, but Doc kind of brought up um that there's a, like an interesting chemistry among these guys because mm. they've all spent a lot of time together. Now most of them weren't playing last year. But they've still all like they oh, have this. Yeah. They have this benefit of like you that's know just hanging out together for a year Dude, without really fun. having to work, <laughs> which I think is an interesting <laughs> dynamic because it makes me think of um, like the Ben the Ben Simmons redshirt year while mm. he was super involved in everything happening with the team. So as soon as he's back, you know you get this different level of chemistry. Um, amongst the team because everyone is so familiar and they haven't necessarily had like the scorn or whatever for each other. Noticing from bad habits. Yeah, from playing. Wow, yeah. Um, so I think that that'll create like an interesting dynamic. That You know, maybe it's nothing. No, but It could I be totally, interesting to see how it could play out. I love that insight. That makes total sense. I've never even thought about that before, about just signing a guy even way before the season starts and being like, hey, let's all get a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever it is they're doing. <laughs> they did go on a fishing trip last week, which seemed very fun in Marina Del Rey. Um, I wasn't invited. That's uh, that's a different story for a different time. Um, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about Ralph Lawler and what they have in store for him. But first, 
Guys, what are you listening to right now? That's right, the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. Locked On NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, we got the local experts on the biggest stories all week long. We're doing five shows a week coming up. Woo! Oh, man. Follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play that Locked On NBA podcast. We've both been on there as guests, I think. We absolutely have. Josh Lloyd is great, great host. He's uh, the man. Yeah, check out Locked On NBA as well as the rest of the great podcasts on the Locked On NBA network, which you're currently listening to. Crazy. So it was announced that uh, Lawler's going to have a couple of friends in the booth this year. Lawler and friends. Lawler and Co. We got. What was your? What would you say about Maggetti? <laughs> <laughs> Spicy spaghetti. It's Corey Maggetti. Oh man, uh, feel free to use that one, Ralph, if you want to. Corey Maggetti, Don McLean, Hubie Brown, Mike Fratello, Ryan Holland, Cheryl Miller, and Bill Walton. I'm. I think everyone's mostly excited for Bill Walton. Yeah, that dude is a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. He's one of. He's the best basketball personality. Throw it down, big man. Only first inning get was Bob McAdoo. Is he dead? Uh, I don't think he's dead. He's probably just, you know, shooting the breeze somewhere on a porch with a cool beer. Um, no, I really like this kind of like the end of a Hall of Fame career for Ralph Lawler. He gets to see the team usher in such a new vibe and like look of the team. Yeah, but I would say in his 40 year long he's seen career, a lot. He's, he's seen a lot. Yeah, this feels more exciting though. Maybe it's because I'm more involved with it than uh, <laughs> usual. Sorry, Ralph. But it does feel cool that like we got all these new young guys. He made it through Lob City, which felt like, you know, the most exciting part of Clippers history as of now. Mm-hmm. But it really feels like this. I'm really happy. I don't want it to be his last season, but I'm happy his last season is kind of like the inauguration for the new look Clippers. Yeah. Like last year was kind of the in-between, and now we're fully, well, except for Wes Johnson, we fully shed the Lob City remnants. Do you think any of these one-on-ones turn into a, like a thing of bad improv where someone thinks there's a scout in the audience, so they're trying to be the funniest to take Ralph's job? If I had to guess, it's going to be Hubie Brown. <laughs> I think Hubie Brown's going to bring like uh, a bunch of whoopee cushions and, and like slide whistles to be like, ooh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime a player falls, they're going to be cracking jokes and stuff like that. Um, no, it's going to be great. I hope Ralph gets a statue. It's weird that he has a door at Staples Center. Yeah. That's kind of lame. Give the man a statue. Yeah, why not just make the entire lobby like a huge, his face? Maybe the new one will be. The Clippers Arena. Yeah. Which will be the only arena. It deserves to be in both spots, though. It should. He should have a statue hanging from the rafters <laughs> in Staples Center. Uh, Clippers Arena, going to be the only arena named after the team. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, pretty tight. Um, oh, a quick note. Sundarius Thornwell had a pretty good media day. He was roasting NBA 2K. He was saying... He was saying it's a cheat code to basketball. If a guy can't shoot in 2K, he can't shoot in real life. I mean, prove me wrong. You know? like uh, That was good to see. Uh, Trez, this was actually my favorite part about the whole day, was that Trez has apparently been practicing shooting off the dribble and corner threes. That's incredible. Dude, how many corner threes do you want Trez to be taking every game? Uh, 1.3. 1.3? I want him taking six. He's not taking, he doesn't even take six. (laughs) You make six, you hit, you shoot six, you make three. That's a quick, you know, nine points. No, I think it'd be awesome to see Trez add that minor part to his game. I think it'll be one of those things where it's like he'll maybe take, yeah, like 1.3 a game. I mean, that's really all you need, though. Just uh, enough for people to be like, oh, like, oh, wait, do I gotta, 
Yeah. And then he'll blow by you with his blazing speed. Yeah. He's been working hard well, it's all. It's an extra tool that I have in the tool set, and it does... For a guy um, who has so many tools, like... Yeah. Um, he said he never put the ball down this summer. The most I took off was the first month of the season to let my shoulder heal. Dude is hungry. Yeah. Dude's winning most improved player. I'm calling it right now. It'd be great. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, No, I, no it was a pretty good media day. We'll, I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow with the Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler has been officially excused from the festivities so <laughs> even if a trade um doesn't happen it's not very likely that'll be there yeah and then coming up on friday will starts a very long vacation so you're gonna have a week and a half of just honest chuck mockler baby god it's gonna be so much worse um <laughs> i have been honest chuck mockler i can try and phone in we'll, we'll see what happens we're gonna ruin will's european vacation by asking him how many people in europe know about shea gilgus alexander <laughs> oh man i've been uh, honest chuck mockler i'm william the opinion update thanks for tuning in guys talk to you later